One thing I can't get enough of as a people leader is feedback. Do you love feedback as much as I do? If so, please consider writing a review of All Hands and rate us wherever you listen. One of the things about a network and client business and your employees is that it's always a two-way street, right? You need to be giving as much as you're getting. Welcome to All Hands by Lattice, where we believe that people strategy is business strategy. I'm your host, Caitlin Holloway. For the last decade, I've been a people and culture executive at some of the internet's most beloved startups. But my fascination with building true people-first cultures started many, many years ago. From film to tech and a few interesting layovers in between, the one common denominator remains. I am most passionate about enabling people through belonging to create beautiful, innovative products. On all hands, I talk with CEOs and other C-level leaders about how being a people-first company is a strategic advantage. Join us while we chat with these top leaders about how a people-first approach isn't just good for people, it's good for business too. Today on All Hands, we're chatting with the president of creative agency, Berlin Cameron, and my current People First leader crush, Jen De Silva. Jen has been a leader in the advertising industry for over 20 years, bringing some of the most beloved brands into our homes and into our hearts. Now, Jen and I met a few years back at the Cannes Lion Festival in the south of France. And yes, you heard me correctly. I have friends, and once upon a time, we used to travel together to super bougie places and drink rosé at fancy advertising parties. I was lucky enough to be invited to speak on a panel with Jen about parenthood at work. We shared some tears on stage, and then in January of what is turning out to be the shittiest year yet, I officially asked Jen to be my mentor. So listen up, people. It exists, and even when you get to be my ripe old age, it's still okay to ask for people for support and to ask people that you admire for some wise words of wisdom every now and again. So. Let me tell you a little bit more about Jen. She sits on the national board of Girl Up and the National Kidney Foundation, where last year she received the Visionary Leader Award for her service, and she's earned titles from around the globe for her commitment to supporting women. So Jen, I cannot tell you how excited I am to feature you and your story on All Hands. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me. You know, I, I got to know you personally um, outside of a, a formal business sense, and so it's always fun to to dig up a little bit more about people you admire um, and reading about your past and your journey uh, got me all excited all over again. So actually, do you, do you want to tell us a little bit more about yourself outside of the things that I just mentioned, which is a lot? Yeah, I actually grew up where you're living now in the Bay Area um, as an only child. And that was really foundational to kind of what's built me um, today and gotten me to where I am. Um, I grew up in Los Gatos and I, you know, always knew that I was going to get as far away as I possibly could because I needed to learn how to become independent, not because I don't love my parents, because I definitely do. Um, So I looked only at East Coast schools and came to Boston College and majored in communication there and really didn't know that I wanted to be in advertising until I did an internship and I fell in love with the notion that I got to 
support and help people and build ideas in that. And I loved it. I got to intern for a group called the Intuition Group, which is a marketing group to women. And that's really when I fell in love with this notion of, you know, thinking about the female consumer is very different than thinking about the male consumer. And I was, they propped me up. They actually had me present to clients as an intern, which I think, you know, it was monumental in my career because I got to be exposed to that um, at such a young age. They hired me before I graduated college. And the day before I started work, I got a call and said, unfortunately, the intuition group has been disbanded. Oh, no. Um, I know. It was such a bummer. And so they said, don't worry, we still have a job for you. It was part of JWT, which is a part of WPP. So I joined JWT and got to work on Warner Lambert um, package goods, which was really great experience. But unfortunately, I always, you know, wanted to do the that marketing to women, and I didn't make my way back there until about I'd say about five years ago, and that's really been what has brought the passion to find founding Girl Brands Do It Better, my division that works with female founders. Um, It's brought a lot of um, thinking in terms of, you know, female leadership, how to be uh, as much as we can, you know, think about that being a working mom and how to, you know, the bad word and and all of this balance as much as we can, which is impossible. And that's really, that's really how I, how I started it all. How did you nab this role of being president of Berlin Cameron? I mean, that's quite the journey to start essentially as an intern for the parent company and then working your way all the way up to the president title. Tell me about that. So I started at Berlin 17 years ago. And yeah, yeah, as an account supervisor working on Coca-Cola, I had worked at an agency um, that was working on British Airways, which was amazing. And unfortunately, 9-11 happened and I still stayed there, but the the work was mostly done out of the UK. So it was no longer as interesting as it was. So I shifted over to um, Berlin Cameron and I really loved it. It was a great time to be a part of it, but actually also a really hard time. You know, as I look back on it now, it was definitely a boys club. You know, I definitely wasn't, I didn't take a leadership role. I was more of a supporter. And I think like one of the things that I always try to pass along now to junior people is the development of your own story and how essential that is to your own relationships. And no one told me that at a young age, you know, and I thought, well, my job is to sell the creative, to support everyone, to make sure that everyone's at the meeting, that all the clients are happy. And I was never really thinking about how I fit into that equation. Right. You know, and as you become more senior, you have to lead that equation and people have to trust you and they have to, in order to trust you, they have to know a little bit about you and know your story. And right. I, uh, you know, saw a bunch of different leaders go through Berlin Cameron and, you know, some of them I learned great things from and some of them I learned what not to do. And I think finally they were like, oh, well, Jen's been here and kind of doing this role in the background for a right. while now. So maybe we should let her try. And, um, you know, really it was a hard time for the agency. Um, We actually, you know, we had like one core piece of business and, you know, my job was really to figure out a way to make us relevant again. And it was really scary. And to be honest, I was very afraid. Um, It was also the time that I was starting to make a family. So that was complicated in and of itself. And, I think, you know, one of the reasons why I took the leap to supporting um, female leaders and um, female founders was 
to build work for the agency, you know, and really start. I, right. I didn't think about it at the time as like, oh, I'm going to help female founders. It's just that all of a sudden one female founder led to another female founder, which led to another one. I thought to myself, you know, this is about five or six years ago. There's something here and, you know, I'm building something special here. Berlin Cameron's website reads, we are agents of cultural change. Putting up messaging on your website is one thing. Actually following through with action is another. Not only does this matter to your employees, but consumers are increasingly aware of how brands are showing up for them. I think that creating change can come from so many different types of of walks, but consumers are looking for brands to create change. And actually right now, more than ever, right? That is not just about that thank you message or a message of like, we're with you. It's about what are you doing for consumers right now when we're in this very difficult time. And I just saw an ad from Frito-Lay that was talking about their commitment and how how much they're giving back and exactly what they're doing. And those are the things that consumers want to see. They want to see brands creating change. And that's what we try to push our brands to do. So an example of that for, for Berlin Cameron would be the work that we did with Secret that was all about the women's soccer team and challenging the pay equity situation um, that they were going through and helping that cause um, and working with Secret to create that change. So we had a um, an ad in the New York Times where it was $23,000 a player um, that they gave back um, and it was 23 players. I mean, it was only one small step, um, right. but it was, you know, a big step for the brand. That's amazing. I do think to your point, impact matters. Um, integrity matters, uh, mm-hmm. whether it's the brand uh, that you are, are selling or supporting from an advertising perspective, um, but also the, the brands that, that people are wanting to go work for um, mm-hmm. and work with. And I, I think that, you know, we, we are living through a very interesting time right now with, with COVID. Um, how are you showing up as an employer? How are you showing up as a brand? I think that the, the definition between those two is becoming, you know, blurrier each and every day. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it's really, really cool to hear that, that Berlin Cameron has, has always thought and felt that way and has, has led, um, it feels like very values first. Yeah, exactly. And I think, you know, I think with the COVID thing, you know, it doesn't have to be committing to this monumental sum. It could just be, how are you creating change for your consumer to make it a safer place to go right now if that if it's necessary how are you creating a contactless delivery system you know those kinds of things and in, in informing your customer how you've adapted to this incredibly hard time and if you're you're giving back and donating if you can then great but i think people want to hear from you in in what what you're doing to actually make people's lives maybe easier and um and safer Thank you for sharing a little bit more about Berlin Cameron. I think that's helpful context um, because I think so much of our product and what we're putting into the world impacts our culture and how we're building um, our own communities internally. Mm-hmm. Now, let, let's go back a little bit to your your personal mission. So it reads, her mission is to foster meaningful connections through authentic and vulnerable communication. I, I do think that you you live this um, every single day and in every single action, and I'm I'm curious um, because outside looking in this this personal mission statement around you know connecting people through authentic vulnerable communication, I feel that in Berlin Cameron's work I, I feel that and I feel the alignment and I I know that you have grown up there but 
how do you feel Berlin Cameron's adoption of your personal mission or or your value set has changed the business? Definitely a lot. But this is also something that I've come into. And I think, you know, from being an only child, I obviously strove for connections, but it wasn't always easy for me to make them. And I often felt like I didn't belong. Um, I felt like I was 40 and everyone else was like, you know, whatever age we were at the time. So when I turned 40, it was like this massive, I'm finally arrived at like my age. And and like I can be myself and be who I've like always been. Yeah. And I think that this this search for connections has and now, you know, passion for making connections for others has been really important to me and the agency and building, you know, the the network for the agency as well as for myself, right? And that was one of the things that when I was also, you know, thinking about girl brands, I that's really when I started to focus on my network and making connections. And I think one of the things about a network and client business and your employees is that it's always a two-way street, right? Mm -hmm. That you can need to be giving as much as you're getting. And, you know, I know, you know, in a mentorship situation, you know, that's the same thing, right? It always has to be a two-way street because it will never be fruitful, unless it is, right? Because I wouldn't know enough about you to give you advice and help you if I if you know if you weren't giving your story to me and I wasn't giving your story my story to you because you want to know my background in order to have the right questions to ask me and so that we can build right. a meaningful relationship. I, I think that that is so so true and I you know having speaking from my own place of experience working in the advertising industry and my husband worked in the industry for a number of years um I would say that advertising agencies aren't typically known for having people first cultures but it, it sounds like Berlin Cameron has chosen to operate differently going against that that trend that it that advertising is not people first um I, I want to ask you a question um, about your CEO. Um, so you sit side by side with one of the, the co-founders, the, the namesake. Yes, um, Ewan. Mm -hmm. How do you two operate together? It's funny. I mean, we've we've been you know in a relationship for seventeen years together. We we're pretty we're very open with each other. We've definitely like duped it out at times. But one of the things that he does really well is let people do what they do well. And he's, you know, started to see that, you know, bringing the culture because his philosophy is always about ideas of working, what's going to make people happy and delivering great work is what's going to make people happy. And I think there's, there's honestly in our industry, a lot of truth to that, but I think right now we're in such a different environment mm -hmm. and that we really need to be thinking about our people as well. And that's really what I've been trying to focus on and, and lead him to. And it's uncomfortable for him sometimes um, yeah. to be in those meetings. Like the other day we, you know, had, we've been doing Zoom calls for all agency and we'll do what we've accomplished. And then we'll talk about new business and we'll talk about, you know, what, how we need to hustle for each other right now. And then at the end, we did a moment of gratitude and it, you can see it kind of makes him uncomfortable. <laughs> you, it really. Yeah. And but it's so good for everyone and everyone ends up feeling so positive from those moments. And I think that's really what has been central to our relationship is learning what I don't need to ask about right. and just go do it. 
because I know sometimes he won't be swayed. But if I just go do it and he sees the the impact of it, then um, he'll end up being you know happy in the end. So now give us a rundown of the actual business. How many employees does Berlin Cameron currently have? We have 35 current employees. And it's, we've actually grown over the last couple of years. We've, um, we're, I think at our heyday, it was about 60. And, you know, and now in the recent years, we've been building up again, which has been great. Um, we're a really tight knit group um, it, and, and really been building a culture that I really thank Tina Yip for. Um, she's really done a great job in fostering a culture for the agency. I think that for a lot of years we lacked one. We were so busy that we weren't even thinking about it at the time. And we've spent a lot of time thinking about if we're having a message out there, like for instance, about mental health, how are we actually thinking about that with our employees as well? And I was actually like shocked to see the data across the US being better than the data from our employees and how they felt workplace affected their mental health. And that really, for me, was this like shocking light bulb, like I need to be doing something different. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that we've been doing is engaging with employees on an individual level because mental health is so different for everyone, right? So we do, we'll do onboarding sessions with each employee to get to know them as an individual. What's your style? How do you like to receive feedback? You know, what are your non, you know, non-negotiables? Oh, you like to come in at 10 because you are doing, you know, Barry's boot camp. You know, those types of things like have become a part of our culture. And I've been doing them now through COVID and quarantine as well, trying to have individual check-ins with everyone to just, how are you doing? Is there anything that I can do for you? Is there anything that we're not doing for you now that you would like to see? You know, And it's been great to get the feedback from people and, and really try to adapt the culture to that. I think you know everyone's mental health is very challenged right now. And so just thinking about everyone's individual situation is the most important thing that I can do. This makes me so happy to hear. Simply offering your employees mental health programs isn't enough anymore. Leadership should actively be reaching out to employees to see if they need time to grieve, decompress, or just take time for themselves. No questions asked. I think that now is a time more than any other in our company's history, in our organization's history, where our culture is really being put to the test. Has there been anything surprising for you um, in how your culture has revealed itself since quarantine started? Definitely. We used to have a monthly meeting with all agency, and we've actually been having them weekly now. So very different. So we give everyone the chance to speak. And I, I think it's really brought us closer even though we, we're we uh, all working so separately. And I have to be honest that I don't think I believed in, in the power of remote work before. I didn't think we could do it. I thought I had to be there to make sure people were getting the work done. And I was totally wrong. I was totally wrong. We are very productive. We're getting shit out the door. <laughs> and I'm so proud of the team. Like I, and I apologize them to all of them. You know, we, we had flexibility around it. Each, you could tell your manager that you wanted to work from home for a certain day. And, you know, they would be, they would say yes or no based on what was going on. So it wasn't that we had no flexibility, but it wasn't uh, open policy. And I told them all that if we get back to the office that, you know, we'll be re-looking re at that because we can get our stuff done. And so, so much has changed in how I'm thinking about how we get our work done. 
that this is absolutely one of the best pressure testers uh, around, right? And I, I think, you know, challenging some of our assumptions from anything from uh, work from home and the flexibility around, you know, FaceTime and butts and seats uh, versus impact, really redefining what productivity looks like, uh, especially for our parents who are locked inside with their their loving little monsters um, who we adore. Uh, but but time becomes very, very different in the absence of childcare. How are you surviving as a parent? You have two young kids at home. And how are you supporting the parents in the Berlin Cameron family? Everyone has very different situations. So, you know, we're trying, I'm trying to hear them out in their situations and, you know, adapt to each individual um, again. My own, oh my God, it's so hard. It really is. I mean, we're stuck in a New York City apartment all together. I mean, we have nice space and we're, we're fortunate enough to have backyard. And my one thing is we can cook. Like, thank God we can cook because, you know, I get to eat what I want to eat. I get to, I know that I'm going to make myself a good meal. I have something to look forward to, but it's hard to manage it all. I mean, I find that the cleaning is like the worst part. Oh, it's incessant. It's incessant. <laughs> Seriously, the crumbs that these kids create, and I like try to get them to sweep, but you know, they're, they're, you know, these coworkers are very difficult. So True, truer words have, have never been spoken. I, I feel you on that one very much. We talked a little bit about what things are going to look like for Berlin Cameron and for you leading the, that team on the back end of COVID in this, this world where we don't really know what, what the workplace is going to look like. Uh, you talked a little bit about thinking about revisiting some policies around remote or flexible work. Mm-hmm. Is there anything else that has come up for, for you as a community through this that you're like, oh, this is some good stuff. Like I would love to keep this or retain this on the back end. Is there anything else that has surprised you? Yeah, I, I definitely think the remote work w- would be huge. I think meetings with clients will change, you know, so traveling to clients, I don't think we'll be doing that as much, but I think insisting on this type of format, because I think actually relationships were becoming colder before COVID, you know, we were doing a lot of conference calls and we, we weren't doing um, a lot of in-person still with the clients, but now we've become to like where we expect this video conference as the norm. And I, I was just thinking about it today, actually, when thinking about how awkward would it have been like three weeks ago to have like a video chat with you. And but now if I don't have a video chat, it's kind of awkward. Um, and, you know, that where when somebody accidentally FaceTimed you before right. this and it was like, oh, why are they FaceTiming me? Yeah. And now it's like, well, of course they're FaceTiming me because that's how we communicate. And so I think oh, that yeah. will bring us closer in the end because we've you know, we were starting to like have rules around travel and meeting each other in person anyway, not because of COVID, but because of money and things. And now we'll be forced to see each other again, you know, maybe through a computer, but and at least it's better than just a phone call where we were badly multitasking. So through this time uh, in quarantine, have any of your values really stood out to you or demonstrated like, oh, right, this is who we are. And this is something that we, we can live by or manage the situation through? One of our values, because we're a more boutique agency within the WPP family, has always been about collaboration. And more than ever, I've seen us collaborating with different teams within WPP and even teams that we never met before this. And, you know, we've done it well. You know, and we figured out a way to work together to get to the get the client with great work and the clients happy. So, I think that um, for us is something that I'm really excited about. And how many people are in the the global WPP under that umbrella? 
Oh, I think there's 300,000 employees. Yeah. I think it, it ain't right. small. <laughs> no, it's, it's a huge, it's a huge company and there's many different agencies and some that you collaborate better than with others. Um, you know, it's always about finding a skill set that you're, you know, you don't have, but actually what we've been collaborating on more recently is actually combining the similar skill sets, which I find to be more difficult collaborating than when, oh, you're adding media to the equation of creativity. And of course they're doing media and you're doing creativity, but being able to have a good working relationship with people who are doing the same thing and being able to build on each other and developing relationships through it is what I've seen us really do well at. Again, I only ask because I know the agency world just operates so much differently than uh, than the tech world. Thinking forward to the new new normal on the, the backside of, of quarantine, how is people strategy a strategic advantage for Berlin Cameron? People are everything that we have, right? Our people are the ones who are delivering the ideas. And if you don't, they need to be the first person that you're thinking about. Um, and I don't think that we've always been that way. And I hope to continually get better at that. And it's something that I'm constantly striving to work at because I haven't always been that way either. You know, I've been about clients first and I'm really good at that. And I've shifted that over the years is when I've become the leader of the agency. And, and I think, you know, I'm seeing more and more the importance of that every day. It's been ages since I've worked in advertising. And to be frank, my time working at an agency is kind of the reason I had a quarterly crisis. Did a 180 and changed my career for the first of many, many times. But meeting Jen has given me the confidence that the advertising world has the ability to shift. I really do think that Jen and Berlin Cameron are changing the way companies and agencies operate by putting people first. Okay, are you ready for the rapid fire questions? I hope so. <laughs> okay. I'm going to hit them and then you just answer them as quickly as you can. Don't overthink it. There are okay. no wrong answers. Got except it. for one, there's a wrong answer. <laughs> Is a hot dog a sandwich? No. Zoom or phone call? Zoom. Favorite quarantine recipe? Oh, I just made a new one uh, the other day, this French toast from a friend, actually a coworker, Lori, and it was amazingly delicious. And you do it the night before and then you just stick it in the oven in the morning and the kids were like, that I, I got hugs, I got like all this extra love. And so even though I should, I only had like a teeny little piece of it, it was amazing. I, you know what, I'm not gonna lie, I, I saw photos of this on Instagram. Yeah, and so good. I was going to hit you up for the recipe. So good, I'm glad that you said that one. <laughs> so I said that those were the rapid fire questions, but I actually have three more that are a little rapid fire, but a, a little deeper. Company culture, do you prefer family or sports team? Family. Okay. Family watching sports, so the combined. So. I, I I take a combined method too. What is your favorite interview question and why? I always like to just have them tell me their story. And I think that that's such an essential thing to try to get to know them um, from a very early stage. So tell me a little bit about yourself. My favorite question to ask uh, when I'm interviewing a potential employer, um, and that is, when was the last time you wanted something so badly it hurt? I think now, like getting outside. Like your body actually does hurt. I don't think we're like thinking of it that way because we need to deal with it, but now. Well, Jen, I, I cannot tell you what an absolute privilege um, and honor this has been. Thank you so much for sharing your wisdom with our audience. Thank you so much for leading uh, your team in the way that you are. I will thank you on behalf of them 
Uh, and then please just keep leading with your head and with your heart. And we are so excited to see how Berlin Cameron continues to grow and thrive under your leadership. And to you, the listener, thank you so much for joining me on this week's episode of All Hands, brought to you by Lattice. I'm your host, Caitlin Holloway. This episode was produced by Pod People, Rachel King, Eliza Lambert, and Samantha Gantzik. Special thanks to Annette Cardwell. Learn more about how Lattice can help your business stay people-focused at Lattice.com or find us on Twitter at LatticeHQ. Don't forget to subscribe to All Hands wherever you get your podcasts. Join us next time. 